Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. But now joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he's the new voice of the new NBA Tuesday nights on TNT. He's also the voice of your Milwaukee Brewers. He's, his name is Brian Anderson. You can catch him tonight calling Bucks and Pelicans on TNT. And also the debut of D. Wade on the pregame show on TNT. Brian, appreciate the time today. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for the uh, buildup. We're all excited about this new Tuesday event. We, we were going to launch it last week, but all the Kobe Bryant news, of course, uh, pushed that back another week. So we're we're launching this week instead. I'm excited to hear D Wade on the pregame show. And it was it was a tremendous tribute last Tuesday night, Brian. That that the whole Turner Broadcasting Network did in the tribute to Kobe Bryant. I thought it it encapsulated his life and and what he meant to this game tremendously. And then bring it in to the game on the floor. And you got two Eastern Conference teams last week in Boston and Miami who are fighting for an opportunity to essentially play the Bucks. it feels like, in the playoffs. And, and you're coming into this game tonight, two heavyweights. We were just asking if it's must-see TV with the MVP and the number one overall pick. You could not have been happier to get Zion against Giannis here tonight, night one. Yeah, this is great. I'm, uh, you know, these two guys are just such incredible draws. You know, just just to start with, just major talents that I think transcends basketball to some extent. You know, I, I've I've got a college age daughter, and she's not a huge sports fan, but she's interested in Giannis and this guy Zion. And I think it's um, it's a cool opportunity to put these two on the same floor for the first time. Um, I'm calling them Freak One and Freak Two. Is <laughs> the original Freak, the Greek Freak, but there's not, uh, there's never been anybody like Zion in the history of the league at, at his size, you know, and his ability to leap and just his, he, he's a great defender. He's got great feet. He's a quick jumper. He's a willing passer, all the things he brings to the table and he's kind of playing his way into shape now. So um, I'm looking forward to this matchup, but obviously my first Bucks game of the year, I've, I've watched them, you know, a lot, every game pretty much. And uh, I think those guys do a great job um, at Fox sports, Wisconsin and, I love following them, and so I'm excited to actually uh, get on the desk and call their game tonight. You know, you talk about this Pelicans team, and I think before the season started, everybody looked at this roster with Zion healthy, obviously, and said, hey, they're a potential playoff team in the West. Yeah, the West is loaded, uh, but they've got guys. And with Zion out, you really have had Ingram and Ball really step up, Ingram to an all-star level. Uh, if Zion Williamson is healthy, who knows if he gets the touches and, and gets that type of uh, momentum, I guess, in the first half of the season. Now I think the key, Brian, is how do they all play together with Zion on the floor? Does Ingerman Ball still get his involved? That's the major question. I mean, I think every day is going to be a new experience for them because they are going to have to you – know, look, Zion's going to get the ball. He's going to get his touches. Um, he didn't touch the ball in the last four minutes of their last game in Houston, and uh, Alvin Gentry came out after the game. He, he took a lot of heat himself and put it on himself that they got to do better. They, you know, in the preseason, they were running a lot of plays for Zion. I don't think they've gotten to that point yet. Um, he, you know, they're just kind of isoing him and letting him go to work. But I do think there comes a point where 
he is the focal piece. I mean, he has to be. He's a matchup nightmare uh, for any team. And so Ingram's had this great season. He's become an all-star, um, probably will be the most improved player, at least will be in consideration for that. And, you know, he's 22 years of age. So I, I think there's a lot to unpack with the Pelicans. They had a 13-game losing streak earlier this year. They played a lot better since, and now that Zion's back, they're just a different team. They're going to get to the line a lot more with Zion. Their three-point shooting will probably continue. Uh, but they turn it over a lot. They're a little bit undisciplined. They're really young. Um, so they're kind of a question mark. They're a dangerous team for the Bucks to face in a regular season scenario, especially on the road if you're Milwaukee. Uh, because of that, that threat of the unknown, I feel like the Pelicans could beat anybody any night, but they can also give games away as they did Sunday in Houston. So um, this will be an interesting matchup. And I think from from the Pelicans' perspective, they're going to get a look at the elite team in the NBA right now, and they're going to get to gauge themselves with the Bucks in town. Um, they played them once before, but now that Zion's back, it's a little different setting. So they'll – they'll be able to get a little bit of a barometer uh, on where they are and where they're trying to go uh, moving forward after this game tonight, I would imagine. You know, Brian, you call him Freak 1 and Freak 2, and I don't, I don't know if you've seen Zion that much, but just from your, I guess, maybe limited knowledge of seeing him in the NBA, not college, but what's your thought on the talent that, that he actually has? It's off the charts. It's crazy. It just doesn't make sense visually. Um, I've seen him a lot. I saw him at Duke. Um, I had the Pelicans. I've had him twice this year. And okay. he's, you know, the last time I had him was MLK Day. He wasn't playing, but his pregame workout was just jaw-dropping. Uh, you're not expecting a 285, 290-pound man to be able to jump that quick. He's got a 47-inch vertical, and he is the quickest jumper. You know, we did a little uh, mock-up on – he jumps. He's in the air faster than most people do the gather and jump. So he's just a quick jumper, um, which is shocking. He's extremely quick-footed. Um, he, he's got this little rip-through move you'll see a lot tonight um, where he kind of has guard um, tendencies and guard movements, and yet he looks like a sofa. I mean, he's huge. <laughs> he's just like his his rear end is 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 massive. And I don't know if anybody watched – the game they had Sunday on national television, but PJ Tucker, who is one of the best defenders, one of the toughest guys in the league with the Rockets was guarding him. And he was just popping Tucker off the moorings. He literally was bumping him off of his stance. Um, So you'll see guys bail. I mean, that's not going to take long. He's coming in with full weight or if he's going up for a dunk or a follow um, they're bailing because he, he inflicts some, you know, some wounds on you and, and some action. So it's interesting. He's missed 24 shots this year. He's rebounded 12 of those himself. So of half the shots he's missed, he's gotten his own rebound because he's clearing out so much space. He's quick and he's not even full, you know, full shape yet. They, they couldn't even get him on all the stress tests when they were trying to get his heart rate up to keep him in somewhat NBA playing shape. They couldn't get him there on a treadmill I mean, he literally has to play basketball to get himself into the kind of conditioning that they hope he'll be. You'll see he'll play six-minute spurts, that, and he gets winded. You know, he'll take some plays off at the end of those six-minute spurts. I've noticed in his last 
couple of games. He's, he's this will be his seventh game tonight. But yeah, he he has all of it. He's a good passer. He's left-handed, so that gives you a little bit of a unique look. Um, there's not much he can't do. He's an excellent ball handler and passer and high flyer, all of that. You you talk a little bit too about you know he's not in shape, gets winded, and I guess report reported weight is is that he's two eighty five. How, do you think he has to lose weight, or does does that really hurt his longevity? Because I think if you look at his injury history, he's kind of been injured maybe more than you think that he would be early on. Yeah, you know, I talked to David Griffin, uh, who's their, their president and GM, and he made an interesting point, and I, I believe him and I agree with him. Um, and Because I have heard that, and I've spent time with guys like Kevin McHale and Grant Hill and Chris Weber, and they all kind of feel like, you know, it's tough to play at 285. Like, that's just not a weight anybody's really played at effectively for the kind of player he is. But I will say this, more than the weight, and he'll play himself into the proper playing weight for him. You know, he, he, he eats well. You know, there's been, a, there's been a diet situation once he showed up as a professional. And remember, he's only 19. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they, they've starting at Duke, you know, they've gotten into a new nutrition plan. But more importantly on the injury front, they've, they've like sh- stripped him down um, mechanically, just like the kinetic chain from the way he walked to the way um, he ca- – so he'd walk on the outside of his feet, right? Or there was, he would always land on one leg when he jumped. So part of this whole process coming back from the knee injury was to build up his mechanics and like change habits on how he just even walks down the street or walks anywhere. That's and crazy. He's got ankle, you know, his ankles weren't, uh, his knees weren't on top of his ankles. His hips weren't on top of his knees. You know, if you think about like the simplest form of mechanics, he's such a great athlete and so strong, he really didn't need to, but he's bought into the whole process of like a long career. And I think they've done really amazing work with him. That same athletic training staff and medical staff was the same group that was in Phoenix uh, that is kind of world-renowned. You know, they, they fixed Grant Hill when he went through all his problems and a number of guys in the NBA. They had their own clinic at one point. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm waiting to see mm-hmm. is if all of these elements um, that he went back to his mechanics, um, jumping, walking, landing, all of that, if that's going to probably have a, a greater impact on on his health and his injuries than just his weight. And understanding how much he can go moving forward and, and being able to progress into another player. I mean, you saw the natural maturation of Giannis and the body style that he has when, when he came in here at 19, and you would think it's a completely different person. That voice you hear, a familiar one? Yeah, it's Brian Anderson, the voice of your Milwaukee Brewers, but tonight he's the new voice of the NBA on TNT Tuesday night. Him, Jim Jackson, and Jared Greenberg will bring you the call tonight of Bucks and Pelicans on TNT. He joins us here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. So, Brian, how much different is a night tonight for you calling basketball in comparison to a, a baseball game that you cover the team so much? How, how much prep work is it different for you flipping between 30 NBA teams instead of one pro baseball team? It's a lot different. I mean, it's, um, you know, when you're – when I'm with the Brewers, I know the team so well. You spend a lot of that time uh, preparing for the other team. Uh, because you know your own team so well and you're with them all the time. Um, and and the NBA, for me anyway, it's, uh, you know, because I'm on the national side, I do a game a week and I know my games in advance. And so it's a bit of a build up like 
like a test. You know, you know the exam's coming, so you have time to watch video and watch games and talk to people who cover the teams on a regular basis. So there's a lot more prep involved, and then you know, and then trying to determine when and how to use that properly in the game is usually the biggest challenge. You don't you don't want to overwhelm. Uh, with all of your prep, hopefully it's a good game and you won't even use 80, 90% of your prep if it's a good close game. Um, but just kind of getting into the rotations and I've had the Pelicans quite a bit. It's my first Bucks game, but I know Milwaukee pretty well. And you know, my history with Mike Budenholzer. So we go back to the Spurs days. So I kind of know what they're trying to do and what they want to do. So that helps. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a different schedule. It's probably a little easier on me. I don't, cause I'm only on the air once a week and then I might do a college game on the weekends, but you know, baseball, you're doing games every day. So just the regular maintenance of your voice and your health and, you know, trying to maintain some kind of nutrition and exercise. So you don't uh, fall apart over a long baseball schedule is probably the biggest challenge with, with that compared to this. Before, so, but it's all good. I, I enjoy doing all of it. I'm, I'm excited about tonight's game. I can't wait to see these guys in action. I, I think we're going to have to talk about Brewers at some point. But before we get to that, I, I got a question. With you having a family and kids and the whole deal, how does that work-life balance work for you with all, all the stuff you got going on? It's the it's the biggest challenge, and you know, probably ultimately ultimately going to be the biggest regret that I wasn't home uh, as much as I would want to be. Uh, especially when my daughter was young. My daughter's a, she's a sophomore now at Marquette, so she's in college. Um, so it's a little different dynamic with our family because she's my only child. And, um, you know, my wife, we've been married 26 years, coming up this February. She's only known me as a broadcaster. I mean, we knew each other in high school, but as far as a, a married couple, she's great and she is understanding and um, she makes, you know, she's, she definitely keeps things in order at home. And um, um, so it just, I, I think this is kind of what we always were hoping for. And the schedule is not as intense as it used to be. There was probably a window there when I first got to the Brewers where I was doing, you know, maybe 200 events a year. Mm. Um, aside from Brewers baseball, you know, college basketball at that point, doing a lot of college games. Now things are a little different. I do about 90 to 100 Brewers games, and I do about, you know, 50 or so Turner events, baseball, basketball, either college hoops, NCAA tournament, or NBA. So things are a little more comfortable for me uh, at this point. So that's the hardest part of this job, though, and uh, it takes definitely takes a strong partner. And, and I love my wife and I appreciate all she's done for our family and that's been the main reason why I've been able to do this and kind of keep con- going in my career as long as I have. Brian Anderson here on the Wendy's Big Show. We're going to let him get going here in just a couple of seconds here from right now, calling Bucks and Pelicans tonight on TNT. Brian, when, when you talk about your relationship with Mike Budenholzer and where he came from in San Antonio and you working together while you were with the Spurs and now him taking over not only the Atlanta organization, but now he's here with the Milwaukee Bucks in year two on pace to win 70 games. What separates Mike Budenholzer as a coach than the other pl- people that you've been around in those positions? <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a long answer probably. I just... Um... He was the video coordinator when I was a camera operator in San Antonio back in the mid-90s. Uh, I was just out of college, and 
we've kind of we kind of came up together we were we we interacted a lot back in those days of course and you know we were always trying to avoid the wrath of greg popovich so that that put us on a similar footing as well but i think you know bud got he got a not only was he next to pop for all that i i want to make this clear too that is a great tutelage under greg popovich don't get me wrong but i think greg popovich would be the first to tell you that their success in san antonio bud had a lot to do with it and just a relentless work ethic, you know, relentless, just able to digest film, to to crack codes, to, you know, evaluate personnel and who would be good in certain spots. And you're starting to see that with, you know, just some of the usage and like some of the efficiency that the modern game is now that uh, Bud's kind of was like groomed for this job and the way the game is played. I would say he's been instrumental in changing the game. If you think about his teams in Atlanta, um, you know, he thought about the game in a different way. And um, he, I, I just, it's hard to say like what the secret sauce is there other than he's got it. And he has understood it for a long time. He was a player, you know, I think he, he definitely is a great evaluator of talent and knowing um, how to put guys in their specific roles and then develop those roles instead of trying to develop an all around game which is important uh, for everybody, but specifically for like your sharpshooters or your three and D guys to develop those players into that. Uh, I think Bruce Bowen would be a great example of that. You know, he was a guy that was basically released, not really a commodity in the NBA and his number is hanging at the AT&T center in San Antonio. Now part of a world championship run for them. So that was like, the perfect symbol of a guy they developed into this three and D type player. That would be a perfect compliment to Tim Duncan and Tony and Manu. So yeah, he has a great history, but I'd say he was part of building that history in San Antonio. Um, not just on the receiving end and getting a, a firsthand glimpse at it. He was integral. He ran a lot of the practices. He handled most of the scouts. Um, and I got to see all of that in my time in San Antonio. I have to ask you on the way out your thoughts on what the Brewers have done this offseason to this point. I like what they've done. I'm, I'm kind of shocked at the blowback I'm hearing. I'm actually really encouraged by what they've done. I think they're better top to bottom than they've been in recent years, and they're flexible enough to go make moves. And I love what they've done. I actually texted uh, David Stearns and Matt Arnold, I think, around Christmas. I was just like, man, you guys are kicking butt. I, I'm just – I'm really impressed. Um, with what they've done, payroll flexibility, the, the ability to go add and, you know, when you need pieces and you need to evaluate when the season starts, you need to be somewhat flexible to go add those pieces. And uh, they're in that position, and yet they have, I think the starting pitching situation is much more complete and uh, it feels uh, broader and deeper uh, and then you're just hoping a couple of guys pop here, like Woodruff. You, you need, a, you know, you need somebody to pop into that ace role. Mm-hmm. You're hoping Woodruff. You're hoping to bounce back from Corbin Burns and those guys. But I like everything they've done. I'm not sure they're done yet, but I like, I like what they've done. I've been really impressed with them, even though I know there's been some 
maybe some criticism that probably is just based on yeah to say the least on payroll numbers yeah to say the least brian i think we're just going to play that bat that answer back on repeat whenever anybody gets very very doubtful of what the milwaukee brewers have done so we appreciate that and we appreciate you joining us here today i know it's a busy day as you'll be on the call tonight nba on tnt tuesday night it's the brand new franchise of nba on tnt on Tuesday night with Brian Anderson tonight, Jim Jackson will be on the call along with Jared Greenberg. Brian, really appreciate the time tonight, and I have a great call tonight. Yeah, good to be with you guys. All thanks. right, enjoy enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, thanks, Brian. That's Brian Anderson joining us here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space that it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. So he's got hope for the Milwaukee Brewers. There you go. And a lot of hope for a great game tonight. Between yeah. the uh, Bucks and Pelicans. Got to tell you, at no point was I thinking, boy, I should text David Stearns and tell him how great of a job he's doing at some point in December. I was no, never. I was not surprised. I, I was never yeah. at that point. Were you at that point at any point thinking to myself, boy, you know, maybe I'll send him an email and tell him how great of a deal he's done? Yeah, so far. sure. I mean, if I was that readily uh, accessible to hang out with David Stearns, I probably would have. Yeah. So really were, proud of what he's done. So you were really happy with this offseason? I'm happy that they are doing something different because it obviously didn't work the last two years. You weren't able to win the title, so go try something different. Well, this is different. It's oh, definitely it's, different. It's, it's different. a whole different level. Of different. He's had a lot of turnover each of his four years, and uh, the most turnover that he's had in any of those years is this one. 14 of the 25 guys that played in the wild card game last year will not be on yeah. the team this year well, when they break camp. That's different. for sure. It's, it's definitely different. It's definitely a new run, and uh, it's definitely a new year, a new league, and a new all-time great, maybe, Wendy's Big Show after this on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.